Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. All right, we're going to get right into the Word. Open your Bibles to Ephesians 6, verse 10. I'm going to pray for you. Father, open eyes and ears. Meet needs today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, what's going to happen is I'm going to be somewhat brief. When I say that, I get longer and longer. So, but I'm a, I'm, I'm, my intention is to be somewhat brief. And what we're going to have is, is, is a lab, if you will. When you used to have chemistry, you, you learn about a subject, then you actually go into the, the lab and do the thing you learn. So tonight, I'm going to teach, but then we're going to do the thing that uh, we talked about. And that's really important because in the Bible, Jesus did not say, my house shall be a house of preaching. But a house of what? Prayer. What is the church most of the time? A house of preaching. But Jesus wants it to be a house of what? Prayer. So today we're going to make sure we're in proper order as we uh, end this evening. Again, Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit. He said, finally, my brethren, be weak. No. Be what? Strong where? In the Lord. But, but this is important. Pay attention. God never requires you to be strong. Never. Never. Say, what are you saying? The only strength he requires is for us to be strong in the Lord's strength. Part of my problem, at certain times in my life, I was too strong. I wouldn't bend, I wouldn't bow, so I hurt myself and all the rest. He doesn't say, hey, I only want strong people following me. No, no. Paul said, you know, I glorify my weaknesses and my infirmities. It's a different way of thinking. He wants people that recognize their weaknesses. And when you recognize your weaknesses, that's when you can tap into his real strength. But many of us are saying how strong we are in all of our accomplishments and achievements. And that's why spiritually we're so busted and disgusted. He said, be strong in who? The The Lord. Now, you might be stronger than me naturally, emotionally, and all those other things, but that really doesn't matter in God's book, if you will. What matters is how well we've tapped into his strength, because our greatest strength is maybe about two inches thick. God's strength is zillions and infinity wide. You know, understand what I'm saying? So our strength does not impress him, even if you're stronger than, than I am. Be strong in the Lord, and watch this, and in the power of his what? might. Now, all of us will have moments where we, you know, just feel weak and all the rest. But here's the deal. According to scripture, if you will always beat down, the reason is you're relying on your own strength. If you're always tired and devil always got you and it's just, oh God, I gotta go. Something's wrong. Many people, that's their church experience. Their pastor preaches it. They sing it. And that's all, they're just going through, just going through. Everybody's always going through, just going through. They're never on top. They're always in the valley. They're always underneath. The devil's always on their head. That's actually the, the message preached, it's the message sung, and it's the message lived. But it's not the message of the Bible. He said, be strong in who? The Lord. And in the power of his. Who's his? Who's his? Who's his? Who's his? Not mine. But his what? Might. So I want to ask you a question. How is living in your strength working for you? Yelling at everybody. Manipulating everybody. Hitting everybody. Uh, that got real quiet there. 
But put on, watch this. Here's the answer to all of our weakness. Put on the whole, did it say whole? A lot of people are pick and choose saints. They pick the parts of the Bible they're comfortable with. They pick the parts of the Bible that, that they enjoy. But, but here's the deal. If you become a pick and choose saint when it comes to God's word, you might as well put a kick me sign on the back of your back spiritually because the devil's going to kick your butt for the rest of your spiritual journey because he didn't say put on some armor. Do you know that if only 10% of a boat has a hole in it, it's going to sink? And the part of the word you avoid is the part that's sinking you. The part of the word no one can tell you about that you got all your opinions about is a part of your life that's being sunk by your rejection of God's armor in that what area. He said, put on the whole, put on the what? Whole armor of who? God. Now, we taught on this before. This, this, is, this is God's armor. But the point I want to emphasize here is this armor is the only. Say with me, only. This armor is the only defense the Bible offers you. It's the only defense you have. And if you don't put it on, you will not be defended. You will live a pitiful and helpless life, even though you have a covenant with God. Meaning, God says, listen, I'll give you the rifle. I'll give you the training. I'll, I'll give you all the clothes you need and all the rest. But here's the deal. The enemy's coming. And when he comes, I need you to shoot. But many of us, what we do is, well, you know, everything that happens is just, you know, God's will. So if the enemy's coming, it must be God's will. So you accept the enemy. You don't pick up your rifle. You don't fight. You don't resist because everything that happens is God's will. But how many of you know that everything that happens is not necessarily God's will? Does God want us to sin? Do we sin? So obviously everything that happens is not what? God's will. So with that in mind, we have something we have to put on. And if you don't put it on, you are not going to win in this battle. See, what we want to do, I'm not talking to you, but the person next to you, we want the pastor and, and the elders and those folks to do all the fighting, all, all the praying and all the rest, and you go on and do your thing. That's why you're getting beat. He said, for you, he's talking to the saints, not to the pastors, not to the elders, not, not to the care leaders. He's talking to the entire church. Put on the what? Whole, all of it. Every single area, armor of God, and then watch the reason. And the opposite of the reason stated would also be true. Watch this. That you may be able to stand, meaning if you don't put on the whole armor, you won't be able to stand. So if you're not able to stand, it's not that God has failed you. It's because you didn't put something on. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This armor is what gives us the capacity to resist the devil. This armor is not my own strength. It's not my own wit. It's not my own ability. It's something that God gives me in order to be successful in my spiritual journey. Real important. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. How many of you know folks fighting against other people? Fighting against uh, lifestyles, political parties, and, and all the rest. And, and the enemies are, are, are flesh and blood. According to Scripture, you're out of line with the Bible. He said, we, we're not wrestling with people. 
And then he lists the four rankings of demons, the damned, if you will. He goes into the arena of where all the fallen spirits are, and then he ranks them, puts them in order. He's saying, listen, you guys are mad at people. Talking about white folks, black folks, talking about Republicans, talking about Democrats, talking about this group, that group. That is not the problem. The problem is the demons behind the groups. You understand? The demons operating through the people. That's the problem. And if you deal with the spirit, then, then you can liberate the people. But we're trying to kill people. And just, you know, let the devil keep, keep playing his game. Again, let, let's list quickly. And I want to get through this part to get to our place of emphasis. But we wrestle against principalities, powers, rules of darkness, a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, what does it say? Therefore. What? Therefore. Why is there? For? Why, why, is, why is this uh, there? Because we are dealing with highly organized opponents. He puts them in rank and order. Demons are highly organized. And the thing is, if you're going to deal with a highly organized opposition, you need to make sure you are obedient under your command and that you are using all the weapons that are available to you in order to withstand. Am I making sense to you? And then he repeats, and emphasis is the way you add an exclamation point in in, in the Greek. Therefore, take up the whole, the what whole, the what whole. That's the problem. The part you walk away from the word at. You say, I don't need all that. I don't need to go that far. That's where you're getting beat. Put on the whole armor of God. That's why we're all, you know, I preach from all these different books and, and I'm not just one message on faith. Every, not one message just on grace, not just on that. We, we want the whole armor of God so that we can stand. That's important. He said, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, meaning if you don't have on the full armor, you can't withstand. So if you're getting beat down, stop blaming God. It might be you're not armed properly. It might be that you're not equipped properly. So what you want to do is get into this word till you have the proper equipment to face the things that you're dealing with in life, that you may be able to withstand in the what evil day. This is very, very important. Many Christians do not believe that followers of Christ should ever have anything bad happen. Well, we need to grow up. Because the Bible, Peter says, that we're not to be surprised by, by, by the fiery trials that, that come our way. Uh, but Scripture says, he's talking to saints in the evil day, meaning we will have days that are evil. And he didn't say, you know what, I don't want to be negative, I don't want to be negative, so I'm going to leave that part about. He said, in the evil day, you need to learn to stand. Meaning all of us will have evil days against our house, against our bodies, against our finances, against our relationships, all of us will have evil days. But the deal is not, see, what you're trying to say, Lord, if you love me, there'd be no evil days. God said, I loved you, and I taught you how to stand. And that's important. So if you don't learn how to stand, you're not going to be able to face your evil day. And guess what? It's coming. Somebody's going to do something. Something will always happen. He said this, put on this whole armor, I mean, search this word every part. And don't, don't say, leave this part of my life alone. Leave that part. No, no, no. The whole thing that you may be able to withstand when? In the evil day. And then watch this. And having done all. That's, that's a big word. Let's say all. Meaning, we have to be open to all God's truth. Amen. Not just our favorite truth. But all of God's truth. Not just our denomination's truth. Not just our non-denomination's truth. We have to be open to to, to the truth of God's word, every book of this, this Bible, and don't just uh, uh, move to the parts that make you feel good. And there are folks that only know the promises, the positive promises of God in Scripture. And if you rebuke them, they'll just fall apart. Ah, oh, you're, you're of the devil. No, uh, Timothy teaches 
that we are to correct and rebuke. And without rebuke, you can't be healthy. Without, that's like eating, you know, without eating all, all protein, without vegetables. And you, you need this well-balanced plate in order to live a healthy and whole life. And having done all to what? This is why I minister as passionately as I do, because I want you to stand. I want you to win. I want you to be successful. And the only way I'm going to do that is not by hyping religiosity. But the Bible said, you shall know the truth, and the truth you know, basically, I'm, I'm using it in the Greek, shall set you free. So if you don't know truth, you will never know freedom. So my job is not just to get you hyped, it's to get you knowing and understanding and believing and embracing. And yes, you want to be encouraged along the way. And, and it's good to, to shout and all the rest. I, I'm a shouter like, like uh, both. Matter of fact, I'm one of the loudest shouters in, in this place. So I, I appreciate all that. But we got to make sure we, we have something to shout about and that we understand this thing. We're armed. You know, a person with a rifle and a person with a shout. Who do you really want to go to battle with? No, please hear me. What we learn to do is our church thing. Ah, amen, hallelujah. But we can't, we can't battle it out. We can't even have a conversation with our spouse without hitting somebody. We can't have a conversation with our spouse without calling somebody out of their name. But we, we know how to do church, though. We can shout hard. We can, do, tongue, we can do all that. But we miss, you know, the things we need to win the real warfare. It got quiet in here. 14. Just bear with me a few more verses. I'm going to get to the place of emphasis. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with what? Truth. So to be armed for the battle, you have to know what? Truth. So uh, knowing that the Bible is a source of all truth and, and knowing where to find the, the, the truth is vital to success. Having your girded loin. Now, we taught this in the past, and I'm just going to be very quick here. Uh, back, you know, in the ancient world, they wore little uh, dresses, robes, okay? And in order to run, how many know in a dress you can't just run? You got to pull your dress up to run. Okay, so they wore robes. So what they had to do is they would gird their loins in order for them to run. And in order for you to run, you got to know the truth. You got to be in the truth. You can't just be in church. You can't just be in high services. You got to know the truth. That's what is vital. And here's the deal. A lot of folks have an appetite for motivation, but not an appetite for truth. And that's why they're getting beat down. It's like, why is the church so beat up? Because they're highly motivated, but ignorant. But we got to know the truth so the truth can set us free. Stay with me. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So at first it mentions truth. So truth is part of our armor. Secondly, righteousness is part of our armor. So you want to be armed for battle. You want to have a revelation of your righteousness. That you've been made right with God apart from your works through faith in Jesus Christ. That you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old man has passed away. All things have become new. So a revelation of righteousness. So we're going to talk about various truths. We're going to talk about who we are in Christ and, and our righteousness. But watch this. And having your, your, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So in order to win and to be truly honest arms, you got to be taking this gospel to the world. And that's what we do here. And that, that, that's part of our mission. And if, if your life's just about you going into your blessed place, you have missed it. You are not armed for battle because you are on the earth, not just to get blessed yourself, but to be a blessing to others. And when, it, when you lose sight of that, that's, that's where you get in trouble. Let's keep going. And then it says, above all, above all here uh, gives a special emphasis to this next area. Taking the shield of what? Faith. Faith. It's important. You have to have more than postulations and, and, and theories. You, you got to have more than just ideas and, and theology. At, at some point, you got to believe what the preacher's saying. At some point, you got to believe what the book is saying. And a lot of folks, I, I say this often, we go to church to rate the church instead of to believe what is said. 
And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let me tell you something. God is pleased when you win. And without faith, you cannot win because he calls it the shield of faith. And he says, through it, you can extinguish every single fiery dart of the enemy. So these fiery darts that got you depressed and beat up all the time, they're getting in. If they're getting in, it means there's something going on with the armor. Don't blame God. Don't say you were born that way. The reality is, you, in some way, we got to only say, Lord, you see, until we confess it and call it wrong, we won't repent and turn from it. So if I'm constantly blaming God, I'm never going to grow. It's the moment I own it that I can grow. As long as I say, it ain't fair, da, da, da. But I say, you know what, Lord, maybe I'm missing something. Lord, can you show me? I don't think I got this thing. And when I do that, it's amazing. He always meets me and shows me what I don't know. He said, above all, taking the shield of what? Faith. Watch this. With which you shall be able to quench this, say all. All of them. Every single one. All the fiery darts, arrows of the wicked one. Now, what he's saying is we can quench every plan every hurtful thing that Satan throws at us. God didn't say he's going to stop the devil from shooting. He didn't say he's going to stop the enemy from attacking. But what he is saying is you can win. I could give you a, a way to overcome it and defeat it. Do you understand? I often want to go around it, but sometimes I have to go through it. And he said, I give you the capacity to quench every single fiery dart of the enemy. And then it says, and take the helmet of salvation. I'm moving slower than I want. Where is the, the helmet? On the head. So if you want to, to defeat the adversary and be armed uh, spiritually, you want to know what you're saved from. Most of us, the only thing we're saved from when I die, I'm going to heaven. But you don't know what you're saved from in life. That's why you're getting defeated in life. And let me tell you, the devil will steal everything you're ignorant of. He's that type of devil. He's a thief. And if you don't know uh, what's yours, he will take it. You think you've been in a courtroom with a tough lawyer? Let me tell you something. The devil, will, he is a tough, and he will use the law and, and every law God ever created against you if you let him. He said, and take the helmet of salvation. So you got to know what you're saved from. You also have to know what you're saved to. And this is part of understanding. But again, we, we want pretty songs. And we miss what church is all about. It's about being equipped to live. It's, it's, it's about being armed for battle. It's about getting tools to be successful in life. And then it says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I want you to notice that the, the spirit of God moves in conjunction with God's word. How many of you know, folks, well, the Holy Spirit told you, but it, it's so contrary to what the principles of God's word says. No, God's word and spirit operate together. He says, the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of what? God. You see, if you're not open to the Spirit, you, you, you'll not be able to hear the right word. But, but also, if you're not open to the word, you'll have the wrong spirit. Because I know some folks not open to the word, word they, got, they got a wrong spirit. Very religious spirit, talking about Jesus, but they're not open to the word. And they're taken captive by the devil, saying, how did that happen? But let's keep moving. Here's our place of focus. Verse 18, and I'm going to Slow it down just a little bit, and we're making, now we're making better time. He's talking about the armor. He's talking about the uh, equipment we have to win in life. And in the midst of describing, you know, truth, righteousness, peace, and, and, and salvation, and, and the word of God, 
he injects something, which is part of our victory. He said, praying always. So an essential part of our armor is our prayer life. And I want you to notice how often you should pray. Always. So obviously there's an attitude of prayer that we can be in because he did not expect everyone in the church no longer to go to work, no longer to have conversations. Matter of fact, the early church were very hard workers. They worked from sunset to sundown and they were busy out in the fields and the rest. So prayer is not just a matter of necessarily being on your knees, though we're going to end there tonight on our knees. Uh, But it's an attitude and, and, and it's a heartbeat. He says, praying always with what? All prayer. Now, both words, praying always with all prayer, the same Greek words, which is very important. And he uses the most common Greek word for prayer throughout the entire New Testament. And the word, I'm going to butcher the word, but it's it's pros yoke. And that's the term that's translated prayer here. And it's a very, uh, again, it's a common Greek word, and it's a compound Greek word. And it's taken from two words, pro and yoke. Now, pro is a preposition that means face-to-face. Remember um, John 1, 1, he said, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Same in the beginning was with God. Uh, That line where it says was with God, it literally means he was face-to-face with God. So what John was saying was that Jesus was with God face-to-face in the most intimate possible relationship known. So, when John speaks of the word, he's speaking of intimacy. So this face-to-face, this prose, again, it was the same width that was used in John 1.1, is a part of the term used for prayer. So it's interesting, Jesus and the Father had a forever, always prayer life. They were always in each other's face. It's important. So the first part of praying is intimacy, face-to-face. I heard of a child who, uh, it, was, it was a girl, her father would often talk to her, her while she's doing other things, and, uh, you know, she had something serious to say, I think she was like seven years old or so, and her father answered while she was watching a football game, and uh, the, the little girl said, well, well, I want you to talk to me, Dad. He said, I am talking to you, I'm telling you what to, I want you to talk to me, he said, and, and then finally she walked over to him, turned his head and said, well, talk to me with your face. That's important. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.